Hey folks, it's Chris, just getting in here at the beginning again. This is the second part of our adventure with Mike Sands and includes a Q&A at the end. If you're just interested in the Q&A and not our role-playing hijinks, that makes me sad, but you can go ahead and skip to about 37 minutes in and that'll get you pretty close. And before I let you get to the episode, I'd just like to thank Snyder's Return, Copper Stacks, Chaotic ADHD, Batuhan Azkaya, which I'm sure I butchered terribly and I'm terribly sorry, for following us on Twitter. If you'd like to join them and get episode snippets, maps, and other media, you can follow us at The Forest Cast. I've kept you long enough, thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Last time on Out of the Forest. What happens as you're sailing through the misty seas? hoping to find the island of Cryos and stop there to resupply. It's supposed to be somewhere around here, although you haven't found it yet. If it's all the same to you, I think I will lead our band upon our next uh, landfall. T takes her mouth off of their wine skin, their wine skin and just goes, huh, what? Yeah, that's fine. And last, the last sign as you get, um, as you travel on is from Hermes, and uh, in the mist you see the shape of a raven sitting upon a pile of clearly stolen riches and treasures. Sailing away from the town is a ship under full sail, like going quite fast away. It's gone, it's gone, the pirate queen's stolen the pillar of storms. We are defenseless now, the harpies will slay everyone in the town. Are we going to let the harpies take your island? You let the guards decide, now you decide! Now join me! He's going to you uh, kind of continue with this strategy and and by kind of baiting them, pull them into like a constrained area. And it seems like almost almost wolf-like that they're just jumping from every harpy to each one of them, kind of massacring them as they go. And... We won't have to, to worry about them anymore. Even with the Pillar of Storms stolen, then they're going to fear stepping in this town again. But, but it would be good to have the Pillar of Storms back. Hello and welcome to Out of the Forest, an actual play podcast about a game of Aegon already in progress. Featuring... Hello, I am Michael Sands. I'm Evan, and I play uh, Arcadia. I'm Dominic, and I play Yalmenes. I'm Jessica, and I play Ephemia. I'm Alistair, and I play Lycus. And I'm Chris, and I play Diathene. Coming back to the town of Cryos in the aftermath of that battle against the horrible harpies, one of the things that happens, uh, you guys have, um, your heroes have, um, like dealt with one of the major problems of the island so that means that the base strife level that gets added onto my rolls for you has been reduced down to four instead of five so from now on everything will be slightly easier because you've dealt with that one major problem um, so the question now is are you going to pursue those pirates and get back the pillar of storms for this town you best bet your ass <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think, and this is just Yelmenes talking here. Um, the this now that the harpies are defeated, they don't really need it, but the um, they're right that the pirates definitely shouldn't have it. Uh, and I think Yelmenes is going to say that it belongs in academia. <laughs> oh my god! D, D, D building off that goes well. We defeated the harpies. 
But what started this issue was pirates, which can come at any time. So I yeah. think they'll probably need it for other pirates. Especially since we were the main reason you guys succeeded anyway. And we're not <laughs> staying, so I'm sorry to be the very bad news. We're going to kill those pirates and come back. We're going to drink and laugh about it, and then we're going to out of here. Yep. Uh, the townsfolk tell you that, oh, but but beware, it's not just any pirates. It is Thessakyra, the pirate queen, who stole it. Never heard of her. Oh, no, you have. Uh, <laughs> she, she's more famous than you lot at the moment. Um, she is, uh, she's known as Swift Shooting Thessakyra, in Ooh. fact. Uh, yeah, she, she's a, a pirate queen who's been roaming these waters for some time, so definitely uh, not to be trifled with. As I said, we'll go after them, we'll kill the pirates, eat a thing, drink and laugh about it, and then we're out of here. Uh, Excellent. Yeah, Afima yeah. low-key really just wants to meet to meet the pirate queen, because uh, she very much uh, respects her. <laughs> I, I think uh, Arcadia is literally sitting there petting <laughs> Metaphys like, it's okay, it's just another boat ride, it'll be fine, I swear. <laughs> Everything will be okay. It's just like land, but it moves. Uh, yeah, so I guess like the rest of your crew will be uh, giving the panther a very wide uh, berth um, while you try and coax it back onto the ship then. Yeah. Everyone leaves the ship while that is it's, happening. It's kind of like getting the dog into the car when they don't want to go because yeah. they're like, oh my god, I'm going to the vet or something. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. We're just going yeah. on a friendly journey. Except it's a panther, not a dog. Right. Yes. <laughs> Except it could kill you in any second. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, so the townsfolk um, inform you that the pillar was stolen basically immediately before you arrived, and that ship you saw flying off before the wind was Thessakyra's. So she's not that far ahead. Although it's been a couple of hours of bloody fighting uh, against the fire and the, the harpies. Well, we better get a move on if we want to catch up. I agree. Aye, aye, Captain. Aye, aye, Captain. The first challenge you're going to face is, can you catch up with her ship before she masters the power of the Pillar of Storms? This will be a craft and reason uh, challenge to pilot your your ship with a target number of an 11. Yes, y'all many thimble-fingered will uh, attempt this challenge. I, the silver-tongued Ephemia, will assist with this. We'll, we'll, we'll accept this tra- challenge of craft and reason. Still trying to figure out how. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I think uh, Lycus, the clever-eyed, will uh, specifically assist uh, Ialmini's hot-headed Diathene will help out Athenia. Oh, thank you. With whatever whatever plan she schemes up, because oh, figure it out. D-, D loves Effie's plans. <laughs> They're great. Yeah, yeah. I will also assist. Um, I'll assist Yamanis. I think. Yeah. Excellent. Wow. Okay. Uh, so those of you who are rolling, roll, which is. Eomenes and Ephemia? Yes. Yes. So, I'm so excited to th- figure out what plan I made it helping out with. Huzzah! <laughs> wow. Yeah. Holy Just It'll be a surprise it. for everyone. Okay. Um, okay, so you swiftly get your ship back into the sea and um, start rowing 
or start the crew rowing as hard as possible um, and quickly uh, you catch up well I say quickly it probably takes the rest of the afternoon but you catch up with the pirate ship where you know how I said that earlier they seem to have like a, a really favorable wind and they're going fast that they seem to be becalmed now so they're kind of stopped and as you get closer there's like weird gusts of wind and splashes of rain and things um, like this kind of chaotic stormy weather happening around the ship but stuck in a calmness with no no wind. Yalminis, what were you doing to get your ship there in time? So I think that um, it's actually he, he's doing something on the approach which yeah. is he, he's noticing that the wind is uh, kind of wild and, and going back and forth and, and changing direction and uh, he, he yells to the crew to keep rowing and then yeah. darts to the rigging and starts very quickly and uh, kind of in time with the different gusts of wind d directing the sail to catch as Excellent. much wind yeah. as possible at all times. And he's going to ask that uh, Arcadia and um, Lycus uh, kind of do the same, pull on the rigging to, to the time. Does that sound good for your aid, both of you? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think Arcadia was like, sees that Yamedis has some sort of plan and was basically going to wait for his direction to know what to do. Excellent. Uh, so those, the two of you assisting, gain one glory, and Yolminus gains five. And then Ephemia, how do you catch up with the pirates? I have an idea, but it might be too crazy. No, it isn't. <laughs> he takes a big swig of a wineskin and goes, let's do it, Effie. Ephemia <laughs> um, uh, is going to notice that they, um, that the, the boat still hasn't, um, like caught up enough and yep. um will decide okay we need just like an extra boost and so with the <laughs> help turns of, on the nos uh, with <laughs> the help of d um we'll use some just some random stuff that they have on a ship that's kind of extra and real quickly craft a makeshift um propeller that they can <laughs> stick in the, stick at the end of the boat and uh manually operate to try and give, okay. the, give the ship just like an extra little boost excellent so like some weird jury rigged crazy extra boost propeller Absolutely. awesome okay so yeah so after the um, sails have all been are being made to match whatever crazy winds hit you and then suddenly you get this boost and you know all the rowers are pushing as hard as they can in this crazy propeller just smash uh, do you want to smash right into the pirate ship or just pull up alongside them oh smash into them <laughs> oh no <laughs> Alrighty, here we both go. ships are going down Yelmeni stops doing the thing and he's like ah yeah. we caught up and then it's like the propeller just keeps going it's like wait 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 <laughs> classical greek music so stops. so do i do i need to ask if you're gonna like make a diplomatic overture first Absolutely not. <laughs> Smash it to them and board the ship. He is screaming like they're on a roller coaster. <laughs> okay, um, so what happens when you smash into the ship? Like, the pirates are obviously totally unprepared. They're actually focused on what's happening on the uh, the rear deck of the ship, where the the, um, the pilot is, and also Thessakira, the pirate queen. The pillar of storms is sitting there. It's kind of like a carved obelisk thing um, with um, various carvings on the side um, 
probably can't really see them yet what they are of, but looks like some kind of divine uh, myths and things illustrated there. Um, with her is uh, one of her pirates who's in the nature of like the uh, sinister priest or sorcerer style of pirate. Um, and it looks like they are trying to um, figure out um, how to make this pillar do what they want. <laughs> As you smash into them and draw all the attention away from that. Okay, um, fighting the pirates. Sure. <laughs> Just jump right into that. That's going to be blood and valor. <laughs> so we, um, I get 10 glory, correct? Or no, 11 uh, glory? 11 glory, yes. Okay. Uh, okay, fighting the pirates. Uh, it is an epic battle against the, the battle-hardened pirate crew, so you must pay one pathos to join the conflict. Uh, Lycus the clever-eyed will do so. Uh, and in fact, they are perilous as well, so if you suffer, you'll lose another <coughs> on top. <laughs> I, silver-tongued Ephemia, am going to jump headfirst into this <laughs> battle of blood and valor with no thought of the consequences. Excellent. Hot-headed Diaphene had positioned themselves so when the uh, ships crashed, they were launched onto the other ship. They're already there. <laughs> oh, so you, you are up in the rigging, right? Is that right? Sure, yeah. We'll start yeah. there and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, why not? Uh, Nimble-fingered Yalmenes will join the fray. <laughs> As anyone swinging yeah. across yeah. on a rope? Um, uh, with like my whip? Yes, song? of course I am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Grid Hunter Arcadia will, will also join and um it's probably like like Scooby Doo style, like Menethus is on her back and like ready for the impact and as soon as it happens kinda uses the momentum to kinda like jump over to be ready to fight kinda no. anybody that's there. Yep. Amazing. Excellent. Okay. Roll. Oh Lord, here we go. Right. Here I go, kill him again. Yeah. Uh, if we had more time, I would have uh, done this as a full battle as well, but I think uh, it's getting on, so we'll just resolve this in one big, messy, simple conflict. <laughs> <laughs> one big, big-ass fight, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good start. Um, I am going to be using ah, uh, no. Hermes's oh, no. daring yep. uh, divine gift here. I think that makes sense to me. It definitely does. I'm going to be using Pathos to use Arsenal Oration as well, as I just sing a battle hymn as we jump into the fray. Awesome. Uh, Lycus has called upon uh, her divine favor from Ares to channel that ferocity. Yep. Um... And um, I think that Yelmenes uh, uh, is also going to call upon Arcadia, because he is swinging at the same time as the uh, the panther is going, and yep. kind of like is going to work in tandem there. And add on, uh, D is is just channeling off of uh, Effie's chaotic energy to just come in from above using that bomb there. <laughs> and F and Ephemia has uh, called a divine in divine favor from uh, their honored god Eris to uh, just you know up the chaos just a little bit <laughs> in their favor. <laughs> Just a little bit. Uh, 13 for Yelmenis. 13 for D. Okay, so um, 
So first, Arcadia, you suffer. How do you suffer? Um, can I use... I will use a... Oh, you can use a bond to defend yourself. Yeah. yeah, to defend myself. I'll do that. But yeah, I, I think... <laughs> um, <laughs> I think this is great, actually. So they um, they get over ready to kind of you know fight everybody on the ship. Uh, Menethus is not ready to fight everybody. Um... <laughs> Because they're on a ship in the middle of the water, and this is not something that this is not where Panther should be. Um, so the You're entire right. battle that is basically not where Panther should be. Yeah. Yeah. The entire battle basically, Arcadia has to do with Menethus on her, on her back, essentially, yeah. which I, um, doesn't end well. I'm seeing them as like looking a little bit seasick too. Yeah, basically so. <laughs> Got a seasick Panther on there's their like back. A little bit of, there's a little bit of huh. Like every once in a while, from the, from the, this, like no, 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 not right here, not right now. <laughs> hairball, hairball. <laughs> confident, confident. Excellent. Okay, uh, and then Ephemia. Um, Ephemia is going to, um, you know, jump onto the ship with with zero thought of the consequences, and just start uh, swinging their dual swords. Um, into as many throats as possible. Um, so just taking out the the bulk of the pirate crew as you charge in. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think calling upon um, the honored god Eris, uh, she will also uh, do something similar that she did with the harpies and uh, send Tito's down onto the ground to nip at ankles that she can't reach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, certainly, the pirates are not prepared for a venomous snake charging around trying to bite them. So <laughs> Probably not. Quite no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, D, uh, you can narrate yeah. next. Falls out of the rigging on top of a pirate to, to start this off, <laughs> uh, and then uh, raises their voice in song, uh, punctuating each lyric with a, a cudgel to a new person's head with a sick crunch. So it's just a here's a story crunch, a little bit gory crunch, a little bit happy crunch, but mostly sad for you crunch. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and D, I'll point out that I think probably the Pirate Queen will be for Lycas to deal with, but there is also the Sorcerer Pirate guy and the um, pilot who's navigating the ship, kind of significant characters you might want to address. Uh, the, the pilot was one I landed on when I fell from the rigging. <laughs> oh, okay. <Yep. laughs> so Yalmenes is uh, using, using the daring from Hermes is going to very heroically uh, and, and efficiently swing from the rigging using his whip onto the other ship. Uh, yeah. And as he lands, there is a swell of uh, brass music um, <laughs> as he starts engaging pirates. And I think what happens is that the the largest of the pirates, whoever has the biggest muscles, uh, kind of squares off with Yelmenes, and uh, yeah. they begin having a fist, a fist fight that works its way around the ship uh, until okay. at some point a loose piece of timber uh, attached to the rigging of the pirate's ship uh, swings and crashes into that man, throwing him overboard. You know, like okay. the, like the yeah. one Nazi from yeah. the, the one movie. Uh, I, I, I would suggest that um, this 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 pirate is probably about seven feet tall and may, may be descended from a titan. Oh, yeah, unquestionably. Yeah. This guy is yeah. muscles on muscles and he has a big yeah. old mustache. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and finally, Lycus. So, 
I think she goes head to head and duels the pirate queen and similar to the other battles kind of going around this um might kind of come down to a like almost like a like a fencing like finesse back and forth kind of across the upper deck uh her her favored weapon is a bow so she's kind of trying to shoot you as you rush up well that actually that that actually i will take it back because um Lycus's favorite yeah. weapon is also a bow, so let's actually... Oh, so it's like an archery duel happening around the Yeah, show. let's rewind that. It's, so they are having an archery fight. duel, um, which <laughs> I just think... just enemy at the gates. <laughs> I, um, I'm and seeing... I think the way... Hmm? I was going to say, I'm seeing there's probably like the odd shot that misses that's going to take out a pirate or one of your crew as well, just incidentally, as that happens. Yeah. In the background, yep. Yeah. Um, so and I think on. what what she's going to do because this uh just you know shooting back and forth is not getting very far um but i think calling on her sort of clever-eyed uh epithet is she's going to um attach one of the ropes from uh one of like the sails to the end of her bow um and shoot it so that it wraps around or hits through um the, like the steering wheel on the ship yeah. uh, and the wind like lifts the sail and yanks the steering wheel one direction which throws the pirate queen off balance yeah. uh, and Lycus is able to get a a defining shot on her excellent and uh, do you kill her or just like uh, um, like bring her down and as a prisoner I think she just brings her down as a prisoner she wouldn't kill her yeah. Okay. So um, you take possession of the pirate ship. Um, the pirates are either cowed into submission or dead and off the side. For the sharks. What are you all going to do with the Pillar of Storms, the pirate ship, and the pirates? Did anyone? I don't think anyone did anything to the sorcerer who was observing the the Pillar of Storms, right? Um, I think uh, after the 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 rest, what happened to the other pirates? He has surrendered. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> He's not leading a one-man army. Dee's walking I mean, I... over to the, the sorcerer and going, so, uh, you, you figured this thing out yet? Because we could use a quick trip back to the island. Um, he says, oh, he says, um, uh, yes, I can definitely aid you in this, I'm sure, as a, a you, my help would be valued and I could perhaps uh, be treated as a member of your crew rather than a, rather than a prisoner. Uh, it is clear to you that he is lying. He and has no idea how this thing works. Okay. Sounds good. I throw him overboard. <laughs> <laughs> Into a, sh- a shark's waiting mouth. Yep. <laughs> hey, hey, Yao, uh, you're you're good with artifacts and stuff. Can you figure this thing out? That that, that dude gave me the, the creeps. Yamanes goes to. I'm assuming this thing is like sitting on a pedestal of some sort. Uh, it's just um, it's just tied onto the uh, the deck there, so it's kind of standing up. But um, okay, um, yeah. yeah, he's he goes to the pillar uh, and tries to kind of like try to suss out how it works and and yeah he's definitely pulling on like the artifacts you've seen before okay to understand and control this pillar will be a resolve and spirit contest target number seven all right he is going to tackle that challenge uh he 
is uh, anyone uh, else? D uh, is definitely helping out since they were the one yeah. that brought him into this. Um, I, uh, Femia, uh, the Silver Tongue, will also try and figure out the Pillar of Storms. Excellent. Arcadia doesn't know much about uh, artifacts and weird stuff like this, but we'll. Is that going to stop you? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think they're gonna assist uh, Yomenis since they seem to have just randomly pulled out random artifacts before out of nowhere, <laughs> like a yep. freaking laser mirror thing. So yeah, I think Lycus, uh recognizes that this is um, not her her territory or her area of specialty, yep. but uh, there is definitely someone among them who is familiar with artifacts, um, and so she'll lend assistance uh, to Yomenis. Excellent. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Just know everything about this dang thing. Yeah, All right, so hold on. How many? What are my? What are my rolls? What are, what I'm helping so I get you, here? so I give you a, a d6. D6 for me. D6 for me. All right. Uh, let's see. I was gonna use like some divine inspiration, but I think with three d6s, I I'm think you're good. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope so. You could roll ones on all of them. That's absolutely yeah. true. <laughs> uh, but it's not the case. That is an eleven. Nope. Excellent. Okay. Um, so, <clears throat> uh, to help you narrate, I'll reveal uh, what the secret of the Pillar of Storms is so that the two of you can um, bring that into what you discover as you figure out it. It is, in fact, a harpy who has been turned into the stone pillar by Hera. This was um you you can probably work this out from the carvings on it but um yeah it seems that this harpy um had a fling with zeus and this is hera's punishment for her so that's what the 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 pillar is and why it has power over the winds and the weather so as you narrate bring that in how you wish uh and ephemia uh i think ephemia is going to kind of take a, a 360 look around the uh uh, this um, artifact and figure out that it is um, just by the likeness and everything that it is a harpy that has been turned into stone and we'll relay that information to Elmenes. Yeah. Um, probably what you can see is like in amongst the carvings you can see her features and wings like with the, the other carvings superimposed on them so you can kind of see her trapped inside it somehow. Yelmenes, with the assistance of other uh, the other folks, I think we're gonna like unlash it to kind of get it uh, to get a better look. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of like what we're all kind of doing is to, to to use enough strength and manpower to to get a good look and to like get to the top of it where there is a um, an inscription that reveals right. the the situation. So once once we could kind of like not topple it over, but get it to a point where Yelmenes could kind of get to a spot that you wouldn't normally be able to see um, yeah he was able to kind the, the, the check secret to it yeah um which is probably like prayers to the different winds to um kind of allow it to go this way or that does that seem reasonable yeah I think so. yeah okay so uh so where are you going to sail with the uh, pillar of storms aiding you you're going to return it to cryos and its place in the temple of hero or take it home to the university. Is this my choice? Uh, who won the fight? Uh, Yal Yalminis. 
Uh, yeah, we're taking it to the academy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna. It belongs in an academy. So you oh. sail away from Cryos forever, leaving them to their fate. We taught um, them how to fight. We took care of the yep. harpies. What more do they want yep. from us? Uh, that, that's cool. Uh, yeah. So we can finish off the adventure there, and there's actually a step uh, between the islands. The first thing we do is. Uh, I, as the Strife player, would decide what the destiny of the island was based on your um, what you did. So, um, you know, obviously you helped them defend themselves, you got rid of the harpies and the pirates, and although you've taken the Pillar of Storms away, I think they'll be okay. You know, they're, they're rich and they've shown that they can do the thing. So they're going to go, they're going to be pretty well. And I'd also um, record on my... Um, tracking sheet which of the gods you pleased and annoyed in the course of that <laughs> now i think um in that one i think you definitely pleased hera because you um dealt with the harpies which she was not very keen on and rescued the pillar from the pirates and probably Ares, just because there was so much great fighting there <laughs> so that would get marked on the progress sheet towards your journey home if we were playing an ongoing game. Uh, the next thing is each of you gets to record either a great deed that you'll be remembered for on that island or seize a trophy that you encountered along the course of it. Uh, either of these would be able to be used as an extra advantage die in the future. So, Does, um, does the trophy have to be a physical item? I would say so, yeah. It has to be something that you can take. What did you have in mind? I, I was going to take the Pirate Queen as my trophy. <laughs> Oh yeah, definitely a prisoner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just take her wife. as your prisoner. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Cool. <laughs> uh, Yamanes is going to chip a, a small piece off of the uh, the column. <laughs> the rest belongs <laughs> in the academy. <laughs> oh my god! I think Arcadia is going to take like a, a harpy claw. Uh, no one's going to be remembered for a great deed. Uh, the, the the effect is the same, right? So. Yeah, I think Lycus will be remembered um, for the smoke uh, blotting yep. out the sky. Yeah, so you'd mark mark these on your character sheet under the uh, Great Deeds and Trophies on the right. Gotcha. And I think D yeah. is just going to uh, take one of the casks of rum from the pirate ship <laughs> and add <laughs> it to their of collection. Of course they've got rum. Yep. <laughs> Excellent. Yep. Um, great. Uh, then we would... Uh, We'll go through, uh, maybe I'll just talk about this rather than go through it. Uh, we can if you want. Um, uh, on the bottom of your character sheet, uh, the bottom right, there's some virtues. Uh, acumen, courage, grace, and passion. And what we do now is go around the group and um, for each character, we'd each pick an event that happened and give them a point in one of those areas. Um the reason for this is like when you finish the game and figure out who had the greatest legend, this would come into it. But I think for a one shot, it's probably not worth going through all of that. But we basically get a point to uh, kind of name cool things that the the other players did uh, and record them for the future. Um, and. Uh, that's kind of the the aftermath of the island is those those steps where you um, kind of take your deeds and trophies and and the rest of the group awards you what virtues they thought you'd um, uh, encompassed in the course of it. Um, 
and then we'd um, uh, this is a bit that I think might be more worth doing is as your voyage continues into the mists towards the next island um, we'll each uh, you'll each um, pick one of the other heroes um, and I'm just dropping into the chat uh, pick one of the other heroes and um, ask them one of these questions and just kind of have a little moment between the two heroes to get to know them a little more um, oh, that is cool. yeah so uh, you've got a standard order you do things and shall we go through in that order and each of you can pick one of the other heroes and, and ask one of those yeah Evan <laughs> <laughs> um, so we just pick one of these questions correct to yeah. ask someone else okay what's one of your best memories from home Yalmanis Yalmanis uh, thinks about it and he actually pulls out a small notebook uh, that he has uh, some, some parchment and uh, he's, he says um, this is my father's uh, notebook full of, full of his observations and studies my father would take me out very often into the into the mountains to study the flora and fauna there. Uh, I often found myself instead focusing on the various temples and ruins and other things, but, you know, it's the thought that counts. I think that uh, Yamanais would like to ask um, D, like... What do you actually yearn for? I know you like to drink, but what is it that you that you're really like looking for? What are you working towards? <laughs> yeah, what, what do you what's want? Your, what's your goal? What's your five year plan? F- <laughs> <laughs> five year plan. What do you yearn for? Do you sort of laughs at that and goes, goes "Yeah, you you give me too much credit. I think I'm I'm thinking ahead to some grand prize. I'm just here to." Laugh it up while I can, and you know, maybe make some memories along the way. I, all I yearn for is a drink of good wine and to to see my way through to the next adventure. <laughs> Cheers to that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ephemia is going to um, look over at Lycus and, and ask. So, what did you think of the land that we're now leaving? I think they are a, a, possibly a flock of sheep that needed protection um, and now have been left with the tools to defend themselves, such as a herding dog that will keep them safe from the outside. But it's in their hands now to keep themselves safe. Uh, they can't always rely on heroes stopping in to help save them. It's their choice whether they survive. I'm sure they'll be fine. I'm sure they'll be fine. <laughs> that was very pest pastoral of you. I appreciate that. I think during this trip, um, Lycus is going to uh, sit with Arcadia and ask, what are your thoughts on the gods? Well, the gods are hit or miss sometimes, I know, but I believe they mean well. Um, Even if it seems like at times that they don't come through when when we need them to. I know my mother, Artemis, can be fickle at times, but she usually always wants what's best for me. And most of us, I believe, too. I don't know about Dionysus, though. And <laughs> deep. From what I've seen of Dionysus, he's uh, all over the place. You look over and D just barely manages to catch himself from falling off the ship in a drunken <laughs> 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 oh, no. 
D, D uh, catches Effie as, as she's walking by and goes, Oi, Effie! Effie over here! I, gotta, I, I was just wondering, uh, you, you, all those crazy plans you had back there, fantastic. What, what really drives you to them? It's, it's inspirational, honestly. Mm, mostly, I just try to mm, avoid boredom. I usually go with the least boring option. And that usually ends up being the right one. D is extremely pleased with that answer. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, and that's where we'd close off um, the, the session and um, we'd kind of start again with an, um, there'd be a sacrifice to the gods to get, regain divine favor and then a new leadership contest and then the next island. That's how the game would go on. Mike, you said you were willing to do a reprise of your answers to our questions. Sure. I don't promise the answers will be the same, but um, I'll do my best. <laughs> the past answers are gone forever, so it doesn't really matter that much. <laughs> no one will know. <laughs> no one will yeah. ever know. We won't even know. But yeah, uh, for the listeners, in case I haven't mentioned this in some other episode that got released beforehand, I can remember what I said. Uh, we asked these questions before, and the audio is gone forever, so we're going to ask them again just so we can actually have the Q&A in our podcast, because the answers were good, and you know they were questions we want to know the answers to. Yep. Uh, so first up, we have, uh, were there any other systems you considered for Monster of the Week before settling on Powered by the Apocalypse? Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, it was in development for, I think, two or three years before Apocalypse World was released um, with its own system. Um, and when Apocalypse World came out and I played that, I kind of was struck by, oh, wow, all these problems I've been having with my rules are solved in Apocalypse World by Vincent Baker and his um, cunning ways of, of thinking about things. So I kind of switched it over to there. There's uh, the the luck rule and the uh, the idea of monster of weak monster weaknesses uh, are the pretty much the only survivors from that original set of rules. Luck is definitely one of the the cooler mechanics in Monster of the Week and definitely helps yeah. with those situations in a lot of RPGs where you just like you really need to succeed at this, but you just roll bad and that kind of feels yeah. bad when there's nothing you can do to fix it. Yeah. These monster hunting stories like Buffy and Supernatural obviously have these kind of reversals all the time for the heroes, so it, it felt right to have that in there. And I think that it, I, I like that it also adds, uh, this is just me liking games like this, it adds some resource management to the <laughs> game, where it's like, you know, there there is a very clear benefit for this, and it, you know, there's only so much of it though, so you've got to keep, keep an eye on it and make sure that you're not overusing it, but like, yeah. not be too stingy or else, you know, what's the point? Yeah, that and that's why it's very limited in how you can get it back as well because you know uh, i think there are a number of games that have a system like that where you would like refresh every session or something like or every adventure and i felt like that would be too generous for monster of the week and i mean if you think about a lot of rpgs you know the the, the classic joke is you acquire all these potions and you never use them <laughs> yeah all right uh question two is which playbook in monster of the week do you enjoy the most or which one was the most fun to cook up Oh, there's, there's two different answers to that. I enjoy The Searcher the most from Tome of Mysteries, the um, kind of uh, investigator into the paranormal. I think that's... Um, I, I just really like the way that came together. But the most fun to make up was the, the newest one, the Spooktacular, who's the uh, supernatural <laughs> carnival character. That that was just hilarious, putting it together. 
Outstanding. All right. Uh, how did you play test and or balance the game? Oh, uh, yeah. And the answer to that is it was just years and years of playtesting with my regular group um, who uh, we've been playing games together for many years now. And uh, they tolerantly let me playtest things with them. Um, so we played a big, long campaign of Monster of the Week with multiple rules revisions through it in the lead up to the original edition release. And then we played another campaign and various one-shots to test out little rules uh, when the revised edition was being put together with Evil Hat. So yeah, it's a lot of time. And also, uh, in the in, while it was in development, every chance I would get to go to a convention and run a game for people, I did. Just basically forcing everyone you can find to, <laughs> to play a game uh, and <laughs> see what works and what doesn't. Yeah, I mean, that kind of makes sense. Like, I know a lot of people that I've, I've known, I think even Chris has probably thought about it sometimes, like, of ma- the process of making a system, but it's always kind of curious, like, do you just put your friends through it, or do you just, like, kind of outsource yeah. it, be like, here, here's a thing for people to play with, kind of? Yeah, I think ultimately you've got to try it on people who aren't your friends in your regular group, because um, when you're playing it, when, like, you're there in the room, and it's people you know well, a game can work even if it's got problems and it's um it's only once you kind of hand the the document to someone outside and say go off and play this and let me know what you think afterwards it's only when those people come back and say they had fun that i think you know it's actually working if it's intended for a wider audience you actually have to test it on a wider audience yeah for, for me that was actually a, an actual moment like that where um a friend of mine who had played a couple of the playtest versions um, at local conventions, she asked me, can I have the the document of it? I'd like to run it for my main group. And then they actually did and had fun. And I thought, you know, that that's the point where I know this game, you know, could be a success as a publishable thing. Uh, what is your favorite one-page RPG and why? I think it's Honey Heist, just because it is so crazy and so easy to sit down and play. But actually, after our sadly lost game of Nice Marines, that was pretty great as well. So uh, I'm sorry, listeners, that you won't actually get to hear that properly, but um, we had a blast. (laughs) I will definitely see what I can salvage of that, because it was a great time. It was a lot of fun. I I would love to, to get back what I can as much as I can. Yeah. Uh, we'll see where that goes, though. If you could be friends with one character from my piece of Monster of the Week-like media, who would it be? I'm pretty sure this isn't my answer from the first time we asked this, um, but I think uh, Giles from Buffy seems like a pretty good sort. I think I would get on quite well with him. <laughs> it's good, because I actually know Giles is. I, I've got to be honest, I do, I do not know who you were talking about when I asked the question last time. <laughs> Yeah, I think it might have been one of the minor characters on Supernatural I named the first time through, but I can't remember who now. (laughs) If you could have dinner with one person, alive or dead, who would it be? Oh, I do remember my answer for this, which was David Bowie. Yeah, and I think I'll stick with that. I I would like to chat with him. Um, Yeah, that's a solid answer. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I mean, uh, over the past few years, I have been a uh, late-starting guitar learner, so... The kind of the musical side of it would also be quite neat to talk to him about <laughs> yeah cool. what is the most ridiculous thing that has happened in an rpg you participated in ah yep uh, this answer is 
easy to remember and it is the most ridiculous thing that has ever happened uh, which was in a playtest of my in-development game Heavy Metal Eons that same playtest group uh, who I've been playing with for years they uh, hijacked a um, space cruiser and blew up the moon I think that their objective was to save the planet from aliens and I'm not really sure how blowing up the moon contributed <laughs> but uh, that's what they did uh, it, it contributed somehow whether to, to that or not <laughs> the later impacts let's just not talk about that the, the game world has forever been changed one way or the yeah. other <laughs> Alright, uh, if you had to choose one element of Monster of the Week, it could be a rule, a move, the way mysteries are laid out, anything that comes to mind, that you are most proud of, what would it be, and how did it come to be? I think it's the, uh, oh, I'm pretty sure this is another different answer, um, I really like the way that the mystery preparation came together as like a just shorthand way you can quickly prepare a mystery um, without having to go into too much detail, and it kind of sets out enough for you to sit down and run it. I think that's, um, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, I know that there are people um, ask questions and have trouble with it, but I think once people get their head around the idea of the countdown and setting that up, it works very well. Yeah, I gotta say, that's what I've often uh, touted to my players about one of my favorite parts of running these mysteries for them is just like, all I do at the start is set up the situation you're going into and like yeah. some key people and places and then they just I, I just let them go and give them natural consequences to their actions yeah uh, it's, no, it's that, that's, not, that's great that <laughs> yeah it's it's fantastic and and like half the time one of them will be like oh oh Chris wasn't planning for this I'm like you don't understand I don't plan for anything I've got like a few <laughs> ideas of what approach you might take but beyond that it's yeah. it's all fair game and, and I think that stands in pretty stark contrast with other other pen and papers like Dungeons and Dragons or, you know, Pathfinder, yeah, where it's definitely. very... For the GM, it is... I, I'm a teacher, and I've done DMing. It is like planning a lesson and then teaching it. Yeah. And it is so it is so much work um, that <laughs> yeah. any way that, that designers can kind of streamline that process for you is so, so good. <laughs> and my favorite thing in the world is for Chris not to plan anything out and then to still shock him with one of some of our some of our <laughs> options. Yeah. Let's hold on. Let me bring up my notes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what uh, I actually ran uh, a campaign of um, Curse of Strahd last year with my regular group and um, it reminded me why I don't like that style of preparation because even running from the campaign book, each time there was so much to note down and figure out and research and work out how the different encounters would go. Uh, it just reminded me that uh, games like Apocalypse World and uh, Agon and all these ones where you don't have to do all that uh, really the way it is that it needs to be for me. I, I can't really cope with with that uh, full on preparation style. Uh, yeah. Follow up question to that: Did you run your players through Death House as the uh, the intro? No, actually, because um, I, I read through it and wasn't very impressed. Um, and then I found some reference to there's a third party intro to the campaign, which is really cool, which I grabbed off drive through. Uh, it's called The Beast of uh, Grand Seskov or something like that. It's basically like a werewolf story in a village just outside of the valley, which mm. was really great fun. 
So I recommend to that just to anyone who's going to play the campaign. Chakrosa Strahd, as, just as a general word of advice to everyone, is super cool. It is a lot of prep work because it's basically yeah. an open world RPG, but you have to have all the preparation as a GM that you normally would. <laughs> yeah. uh, I ran I ran Chris and Evan and Alistair through Death... Uh, through, through, we're doing Chris Strahd now, actually. And yeah. I ran him through Death House, and uh, Chris killed himself, so... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. And then we buried his body, and yeah, we'll uh, we we did in our game. Uh, I think we lost three characters in that intro adventure, uh, where they decided they would um, try and uh, they'd figure it out where the werewolf's lair was. So they thought, oh, let's go and kill the werewolf, but they hadn't like done all the background work that would actually allow them to stop it. So they how, died. How very monster of the week of you. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, back on Monsters yeah. of the Week is just like it, it's definitely better for that situation where like you come up with much more inspired answers than just I use this spell to do why. Like yeah. Yeah. I, I had I, I had this the uh, mystery. Yeah, it was the last mystery. The, the, the monster was a, a a vampire who fed on fear, but was like fairly weak until it started doing that. So its its goal was to like make everyone afraid gradually in order to build up enough yeah. power to make everyone afraid. And it started doing that because one of the players put a, put an NPC in a position where it was unable; they were unable to fight back. Um, <laughs> and then that that uh, Jess's character was like, "So, is there a ventilation system to the stadium we're at?" And I'm like, "Why are you asking?" And and the play the, the the plan, which didn't end up working out because there was a monster in their way, uh, was to crush up some herbs and put them into the ventilation system to just give everyone a, a natural high <laughs> and that kind of thing like so rarely comes about in D and D and yeah. D just because you're even though you can do these kinds of things and they do come up from time to time yeah. just having that structure forces you into a certain mindset yeah I, I, it's the it's the when when you've got the tools laid out in front of you thing you know, mm-hmm. you're going to use them in the obvious way. Whereas if it's more flexible, I think it, it leads to more creativity. Yeah, that's why I, the, the use magic um, basic move is just very great because of how, like, vaguely it defines things so you can cover just such a wide swath of options. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is because there's kind of such a range in the different things that inspired the game. So it kind of needs to be quite broad like that. All right. Uh, were there any scrapped archetypes that you were considering adding to the Monster of the Week game that never worked out? Uh, I don't think there were specifically. Um, I, I did have a bit of trouble when I was um, initially writing it because I was building the archetypes based on uh, the shows that were inspiring it. And um, Sam Winchester didn't quite fit into any place that... Um, in the game which i think in some ways is because over the years he's been written a whole bunch of different ways so he could be several of them but many of many of the other characters from those things uh you know like giles is the expert uh, buffy is the chosen um uh, dean is the wronged um you know they're, they're very obvious that this is one of the main inspirations but yeah sam never quite worked into anything i don't know why that is yeah, but there it is. <laughs> uh, kind of following up on that, uh, somewhat already answered this question, but uh, do you come up with archetypes by looking at media, or do you tie media to the archetype after you create it? Uh, I usually start with the media first. Like I, I like to come into it with a like a, a broad character archetype from more than one place to pull it together. Um, 
I think if you focus too much on just a single character or a single idea, the the class is not going to be as widely appealing. So it's nice to try and draw in a few different inspirations when you're creating a, a new hunter. Yeah, it's it's not really an archetype if it's just one person. Yeah, yeah. And the final question, this is actually a, a new one. Uh, someone typed sure. in, they are currently anonymous, so I don't know which of our players did, but they wanted to know what was the uh, inspiration for the Pararomantic playbook? Oh, um, well, um, I think it's, you know, it's Bella from Twilight and characters like that, but um, actually that <laughs> one wasn't written by me because the Tome of Mysteries began as like a call for... Um, contributions from at that stage mainly the G plus community about Monster of the Week um, so that one was written sorry, I just need to remind myself the author's name uh, Mikhail Werder or Werder he's Polish so I'm not sure how to pronounce it um, so he, he um, I think he'd come up with it in his regular game and uh, one of his friends was a member of the Google plus community talking about monster of the week and um asked him to submit it um so yeah so but yeah it comes from that uh romantic urban fantasy style of character gotcha it's definitely a very interesting one especially with the way it can potentially interact with other player characters for its powers yeah definitely yeah no that's why i liked it I, and especially because it's quite a different um style to any of the others that are in there for sure uh did anyone else have any additional questions we didn't have on the list uh i did um, yep. are you, cause you said the, the Tome of Mysteries was kind of like a call for, yeah. the, you know, like asking for inspiration and stuff. Are you, uh, planning on, on continuously adding more playbooks or do you think that's, um, that you've kind of hit, hit the peak on, on what archetypes there can be? I definitely don't think I've covered everything that could be covered. Um, I don't have anything I'm working on or planning at the moment in terms of like uh, new hunter types or things. I do have under development um, some like campaign frames or campaign setups to um, kind of give you a, a structure to a Monster of the Week game, which I think will be quite neat. Um, but they're still quite early on at this stage. Um, as an example, the the one that's I've done the most work on is um, it's called the Strange Old House, and that's uh, for the story where um, the hunters have inherited a weird supernatural house, and that's gonna <laughs> um, you know provide a lot of the source of the mysteries you deal with and the monsters you fight. Oh, I really like that. <laughs> Sounds really yeah. good. Chris, make it happen. <laughs> Once this goes public, I want I want a hill house. Okay. <laughs> oh no. I'll let you know when there's something you can look at. Um, at the moment, it's still on the mostly written but needs more attention pile. <laughs> I have a ton of those. <laughs> yeah. Any other questions? Yeah, I had one. Um, so, yeah. Mike, I, I have seen uh, in a couple of different forums and on Reddit that you are a fan of um, metal. Is that correct? It is, yeah. Uh, what's on your... We, we, we've talked about heavy metal on the podcast a couple of times one of our characters right. listens to party cannon um yeah. <laughs> what's what's on your like spotify playlist right now what you're listening to actually i'm listening to a lot of kind of the post-rock end of metal or or um kind of uh whatever you call earth i i know there is a name for that subgenre, but i can't remember it um there's a there's a local band in my hometown called beast wars who i really like it's kind of sludgy stuff and some more kind of slightly more ambient sort of things, uh, more more like Earth. There's um, some people called Ibu, 
who are also local, who are pretty good. Um, see, what else have I heard? Oh, and also a lot of uh, absolutely ridiculous stuff. I listen to a lot of Glory Hammer, if you've come across them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, one of the guys from Aelstorm and a few other people making stupid space opera craziness. <laughs> um, it's, it's hilarious. Um, and uh, there's another quite cool band along the same line called Gygax, who are basically doing D&D inspired songs. So they're, they're worth a look. They're, they're pretty funny as well. Uh, and Mike, did you have any uh, closing remarks, anything you'd like to say before we close out here? No, I think I'm, after running that craziness of Agon, I'm pretty wiped out. So I'll just <laughs> say, uh, if you want to find out about Monster of the Week, follow my Monster of the Week underscore RPG Twitter. And if you want to fun, find out about my other games projects, uh, the Generic Games NZ Twitter is the place to go. All right. Splendid. Uh, thanks so much for running this for us. It was a lot of fun. Oh, um, glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, especially since you, you offered to come on here for a second time after we lost your first audio. That was super gracious of you. Uh, it's been great yeah. uh, playing both games with you, even if one is lost to the ages. Even if no one else gets to listen to that, I, I still really enjoyed playing it with you and had a great time. So um, yeah, that, that one's just know. for us. Yeah, it's a lost <laughs> relic. Yeah. Just Not if I have anything to say about it. Because <laughs> it's like, I will bring it to life. I'll bring it back to life. <laughs> audio necromancy with that thank you for listening to out of the forest and remember when you don't have another way to end your podcast a tagline really would help